This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. And welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Godwin. I am joined by Chris O'Brien, famous YouTube personality, Chris O'Brien. Chris, how are you? You you joke about you like you keep saying like I'm the one who plugs my videos. Mm-hmm. When in reality I just go, Oh, I elaborated on this point in my videos. You're the one who keeps bringing it up. I do not think your videos are bad. I think your videos are good. That's why I keep bringing them up. They're really good. Um, they lots of people watch them. How's your articles doing? Superb, thank you. Absolutely uh, Halloween, superb. Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety-five. Correct. Yes, uh, Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety-five. The uh, the pay-per-view debut of the Yeti. Um, where, according to Meltzer, he just bumfucks Hogan, which is possibly the best piece of journalistic writing I've ever seen. Um, yeah, there's there's not a great deal good that is happening in 1995 from either WWF or WCW, in truth. It's kind of what I love about like the difference between the contents we make outside of the podcast is that all, all of my stuff is basically just stuff I'm naturally watching. Like, aside from my 2000 project, it's just stuff I'm naturally watching. Well, you're going out your way to go, how bad is actually his best? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm using my channel as an outlet to discuss things that I'd be watching anyway. You're like, I'm going to torture myself. <laughs> well, to be fair, you say that. For those who don't know, I'm going through the Attitude Era doing the Monday Night Wars. I've started in 1995, obviously. I'm currently in November of 1995. Um, and the main event of Raw this week was um, Bret Hart and Akushi in a tag team, and you think, oh, fucking get in, um, against Jerry Lawler and Isaac Yankum, which is, you know, it's about as 1995 as you can possibly get. Um, it could be more 1995 if you were off your tits, uh, glass and blue listening to Oasis. That is true, that is true. You're wearing a massive trench coat. <laughs> Saying shine like shine. Shine, absolutely. Um, but yeah, there's lots of good things coming out in the Podmania-verse at the moment. Um, we've got a brand new Ring of Honor podcast, which you are hosting, Chris. Yes, bad idea. <laughs> um, it's called the Pure Spective Podcast. It comes out every Tuesday at 8 o'clock British Standard Time. Uh, and we just go through the weekly TV show. Um, we'll be doing pay-per-views week by week and all that kind of stuff. Um, so go and check that out. We did the pilot episode, so that is currently out. Go and check that out. Um, and we'll be back, obviously, like I say, every Tuesday at 8 o'clock British Standard Time. Um, on Monday, we'll be dropping Podmania Underground, where me and Chris go through chronologically every episode of Lucha Underground, watching it live. 
for your listening pleasure. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a case of um, we were separated from our mother at birth, found ourselves each other 20 minutes later, and then embarked to find our mother and destroy the evil Dr. Robotnik. That was a Sonic Underground reference. It was niche. I'll give you that. Have you ever watched Sonic Underground? I it's haven't weird. watched Sonic Underground. It's, the Sonic cartoons are fucking weird, and I grew up on basically all of them. <laughs> um, and then on Tuesday the 15th, I believe, Tuesday the 15th of June, we'll be releasing a new episode of the Stardom Cast to go over the latest Corrigan Hall show from the 8th of June and to go through the rescheduled Tokyo Dream Cinderella special edition show. Uh, made evented by Utami versus Suri. So keep your eyes out for that. That's on, that's on Saturday, right? That is on Saturday, the 12th of July. Is, that, is it going to uh, be on Samurai? Is it going to be on Samurai? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, fucking get in. Fuck you, Hank. Start him £50. <laughs> um, yes, it, it should be um, airing on Samurai. I've had it on good authority that it is. So... Um, I will double check that tomorrow and then buy my pass. <laughs> um, but this is obviously the Podmania podcast. We are going to have a look at the wheel of matches and we're going to have the wheel uh, throw up two matches to actually watch. Now, uh, last week we had one in the bank and it wasn't actually from the wheel. So we watched Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kazuchika Okada from the G1 Climax 25. And we also watched uh, the blindfold match from Sacrifice to... No, sorry, Lockdown 2007. Once, once again, the difference between our content creation style, I'm wanting to spread the good stuff where you're like, I want to torture myself. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's the best way to do it. The eternal sub, Rob Goodwin. <laughs> um, just to tell you, um, obviously 15 matches on the wheel, we'll pick two. Um, the two that have been added to replenish our list, um, I chose, in the vein of G1 Climax 25, I chose the final from that year, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Chris, um, do you remember what you went with? Um, Shingo versus Brian Dennis in the Dragon Gate USA. Which I'm extremely excited about. Extremely excited about, obviously, Shingo, the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, you mean that belt that's only had two champions and means nothing? It has a lineage, Chris, okay? Yeah, yeah it has two whole champions. It has two champions. Ibushi, which lost it on its first, um, lost it on its uh, first defense, and then Osprey, who had to vacate it. Before he could. Did he even defend it? No. No, no. he did not. No. No. Yeah. Fucking, it feels like a belt and Elkie bucks. <laughs> Okada in his pre-match interview before uh, Dominion said it feels like a cursed belt, and he could not be more right. It is, and fucking, it, who cares? <laughs> There's no like big mo. You're not joining a massive list of names. You're joining Kota Ibushi and Billy the Idiot. <laughs> Billy the Idiot. <laughs> All right, Chris, shall we get on and find our first match for our watch along? The wheel starts. What's it going to end on? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Where was that line? Oh. <laughs> we almost had Joshi. We almost had one of the best recent Joshi matches in Arisa Hoshiki versus Jungle Kiona from Stardom X Stardom. But instead... 
in possibly the most diametrically opposite type of match, we've got Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk from IWA <laughs> King of the Deathmatch. This isn't even Terry Funk's best deathmatch. No, but I am quite excited about this, just to watch these two fuck each other up. Yeah, I think I'd prefer who Cap was here. <laughs> just every few minutes, I fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Fucking hell. Shit. Right. Anyway, so that is Ooh. our first match. <laughs> Let's find out what our second is going to be this week. And we have Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell 2015. Um, a really, really good match, Chris. Yeah, I haven't seen it since 2015. <laughs> I haven't seen it since... Bloody hell, is it 2015? I don't think I've seen it since 2015. Jesus. I mean, like, 2015 was just as I was getting out of WWE. <laughs> it wasn't this match's fault, hopefully. No, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, it was The Rock turning up and just randomly beating up Rusev. Yeah, and obviously he'd taken uh, Punk's title the year before as well. Actually, that was like two years, but I, I still wasn't over it. So. Still weren't over it. <laughs> right, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you are, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're familiar with it. You will hear a sound effect, and by the magic of podcast editing, we will be back straight after that with our two matches lined up. Um, unfortunately, we are going to be using the network for Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, but we'll post the link to the Cactus Jack and um, Terry Funk match in the podcast description so you can watch it along with us. But until then, talk to you guys in a moment. And we're back. So we are going to start with Hell in a Cell 2015, the match between Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker, the last instalment of their feud. Um... Yeah, I don't think we didn't even wrestle in Saudi, did they? No, they haven't even wrestled in Saudi, um, which is depressing. <laughs> um, other other matches on this card, of course, are champion Seth Rollins taking on uh, young upstart Kane, Kane. Um, in his last televised title defense before getting injured, before um, blowing his knee out against Kane, Charlotte versus Nikki Bella, which is probably one of Nikki Bella's better matches. <laughs> It's not hard. Um, New Day versus the Dudley Boys, because <laughs> anyone remember that that um, last Dudley Boys run? Um, Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt in Bray Wyatt's latest chapter of Who the Fuck Can Bury Me Next. It was a good match, and this is a decent... He was never going to win this fucking feud, Robert, is a heel. Yeah, th- that's fine, Chris, and I, I perfectly understand that. However, when he doesn't win fucking anything... Okay, 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 but like it's Ro- it's Roman. Like this isn't like when he lost to fucking Jericho or Cena mm. or Brock. He was never or... going to beat. He, he never even faced Brock. Calm down. He did. You know he didn't. Well, no, he didn't. Not Harper properly, faced, anyway. Harper faced Brock. Yeah, it was supposed to be Bray. Um. Anyway, let's uh, let's do it. the Undertaker, of course. Um, right, we get it, we get it. Your favourite wrestler didn't get booked very well. No one cares, the Fiend sucks, let's move on. Finn Balor. Right, calm the fuck down. 
Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get your WWE Network up or your Peacock subscription, because it is on Peacock, you can currently watch all of the Hell in the Cells, apparently, um, if you so choose. I can't I'm see nice why you would. Yeah, apparently every single one is on the free version as well. So have the free fun. Version. The free version. The free version. Every Hell in a Cell. Anyway, so if you want to either go to the little jump to function that you get on the WWE Network, I don't know how Peacock works. It's two hours, 17 minutes and five seconds. Well, Peacock tends to work that. by when we want to attract a mate. Babe. Are you really okay. talking me through the fucking bio- biology of a Peacock? I mean, it's about to make a Dalton Castle joke. This is a wrestling podcast. Why would you not assume I'd want the Dalton Castle reference? It's, to be honest, it's the same joke. I just replaced an actual peacock with Dalton Castle. When Dalton Castle wants to attract the boys. Oh, God. Right. Anyway. Three, two, one. Play. Wow. Here comes the pain. Oh, yeah. We I wish, have we got that from Michael? No, we don't get that from Michael. It's a Taz thing. Uh, I... It, when, he, when he comes out um, with Michael, it's like, it's beast time. Here's the thing. Um, I wish every time Lesnar came out, Taz would just run, steal someone's microphone, going, well, here comes the pain, and then run off. There's something about Heyman where he just adds by just waddling behind whoever his client is. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Pyro in the WWE. I mean, it's Lesnar. He probably forced it. That's true. He probably brought his own Pyro. He probably brought his own Pyro. See, the thing is about Lesnar. No one ever discusses him in the conversation of worst tattoos. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. He doesn't have a good tattoo on his body. I mean, the sword is well done. As an actual, like, image, it's well done. It's just a shit like, tattoo. Yeah, it's like how no one would talk about Cody's tattoo half as much as we do if it was, like, on his arm or something. Yeah, exactly. Did Brock forget where the door was? <laughs> He's not known for his intelligence. Apparently not. Oh, right, this is when they were working with that scam charity. Like a caged animal. In a cage. Season G Carbon is a scam, just put the front out I love the fact that you I didn't react to it the first time, so you just had to make sure that I heard it. Yeah. Oh, uh, 2K16. 2K16. It's funny, my brother weirdly ended up buying me a PS4. It's weird, because like, none of my family are ever nice to me, but he bought me a fucking PS4. It's a weird moment. Um, Why? So, um, I don't remember. He just did. I think he found it like really cheap and didn't want it. Um, but anyway, 2K16 is the first game I got on it, and it was great. I, I poured so many hours into universe mode. Oh. So easy to do. Um, yeah. And then I discovered Fire Pro. <laughs> Just that one sound. I don't know. A lot of your love Undertaker has left since we've let him talk. Yeah. Nah, I get that. He's just coming out going, Ugh, fucking hell, Seth Rollins doesn't have a gun. Straight back. <laughs> <laughs> I, still 
got over that fucking idiot on YouTube going, people saying Kenny Omega is better than Randy Orton proves The Undertaker was right about entitlement in wrestling. Fucking idiot. Such I mean, clickbait. It's unreal. He has 200,000 fucking subscribers. He, he jealous. Here's the thing. No, because I know I make better shit. Wow. The people who watch my videos actually like my videos. And the people who watch my videos are smarter than the people who watch his videos. Chris O'Brien marks are smarter than your average mark. Yeah. Your marks, your good marks. Remember that phase he went through where he wore like a hat that was way too tight for him, so he had a line. No, it wasn't hat hair. It was like a, there was like literally a line across his forehead. You don't get this anymore, do you? you don't get an entrance. Well, not in not in WWE certainly. We don't get an entrance that elicits this sort of reaction, and not just because of you know his very lengthy tenure, but you just every single theme tune seems to sound the same. Damn damn. Down, down. Yeah, it, it's all <laughs> so homogenized, and you know, all the stages know. are ever, the same. Have you, ever, and... have you ever been to a lot? To be fair, you can put, the stages are the same at this point. Right? Yeah, I know, but like, you know, you've got fire coming up, you've got, you know, the purple fair, lighting. Do you, you, you really want a different stage? But we're in the fucking one same position every week now because, you know, they can't. Well, yeah, talk. COVID, fair enough, but even before that. Oh, yeah, look, like, we've, we've given practiced. Seth a Titantron that's just flames. No, now he's Jesus or something. Oh, yeah, now he's... Yeah. I think the worst thing for me was when he started doing the Shawn Michaels tuning up the band, but to burn it down, it's like, oh, my God. I mean, Seth, Seth, he's fake to his car. Has he got the line? Oh, he does have the line. He does have the line. Not that kind of line, ladies and gentlemen. He's more. In... Have you heard the story from Kevin Nash, where like the main it's so pronounced. <laughs> Buy a bigger hat. Um, the story from Kevin Nash, where like the main. Um... Oh, he's gonna close the door, isn't he? He's gonna close the door, and Lesnar's gonna shit himself. Ooh. Oh, that didn't work. It bounced. No, he closed a bit too aggressively. Like, come on, Mark. Oh, God, the hat line is atrocious. It's not just the hat line. The eyeliner is not very well applied either. Like, he looks like he looks like he's in a last-ditch effort to save a relationship. His guy liner. Yeah. Like, I, I love a bit of guy liner. This Undertaker hasn't done it very well. You've done it now. You've got Look at that bit of sweat coming off of Lesnar's brow. Is it sweat or is it tears? It was coming from his brow, Robert. Who cries from their brow? I cry all the time from my brow. From your brow? Lesnar's got such a square head. He, do, he looks like a Lego man. He does Actually, look like a Lego man. I shouldn't say that. Lego Man have very circular heads. It's like the one circular part of the Lego. Fun fact, it's their second Hell in a Cell match. It is. Unforgiven 2002 was their first. No, it's No Mercy. 
I thought it was Unforgiven. No mercy. We literally reviewed the show. Was that the cage match? Yeah. What well, was Unforgiven then? Was that our last man standing? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. We were both was very, very good matches. Uh, the, last, the Unforgiven match is forgettable. Actually, they're both fairly forgettable. No, the cage match was decent. No, it was good. It was really good, but it's on the same show as Edge. Um, oh, the, tag, the SmackDown tag match. Yeah, Edge, Mysterio, Angle, Benoit. That is an outstanding match, to be fair. You know what I like about the way Lesnar looks? He very clearly like works out, but like not the po- to the point of like toning like abs. It's like, yeah, I could look amazing if I tried that. <laughs> like he used to. Like, no, like, it's a great look for a heel. He moves like it's so weird having someone like Lesnar who like moves very snugly, and then Undertaker, who's like the most pro wrestling thing since Hulk Hogan. In my opinion, it makes Brock so much more of a threat that he can move as quickly as he does. Because sometimes you forget how quick he is. Yeah, and problem is a lot. He doesn't use his quickness as his main. Like, take someone like Jeff Cobb a few years ago, where that was his main thing, but it kind of came out of the detriment of him seeming like a monster. Mm. Whereas Lesnar, it's, you know, it's kind of like it's a bit like Shingo, where like his speed isn't his main attribute; it just mm. happens to be part of his repertoire. Shingo, who is pretty much single-handedly trying his best to keep New Japan afloat. Um, you say that like they're not turning massive profits, but just oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in-ring product-wise. And the fucking marks gulp it down. So who are we saying? Say anything? Yeah, true. You know, I, I clearly don't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> I, have, I barely watch the stuff. You done it now. the start of a Hell in a Cell match is always hard to nail because you can't what are you going to do fucking grapple was it Bobby Lashley who came through the side of the cage yeah but that wasn't Hell in a Cell no that was What's, brilliant is Hell, Cell, is Hell in a Cell the next pay-per-view yes it is huh. isn't that normally like in October uh, yes is there, Halloween, is there Halloween pay-per-view in June okay I guess we're doing Halloween Havoc or something well, uh, I, I, I miss the days where, paper, where WWE pay per views weren't like themed. I like that. And then you had cool names like Judgment Day. Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, oh, Lesnar's already bleeding. Already. You know what I love? He, he never blades because it's, it's against the rules. So, so he just, he just bleeds hard way on purpose. Have you seen um, Masaki Maya and um, Nakajima versus Segura and Sakuraba? I haven't, no. That match ends with like headbutt knockout. Oh, God. In a figure of four. A lot of people, like Noah fans, um, think it's match of the year. And honestly, if you're a Noah fan, I can see that. But also, like, I think it was a bit bloated, to be honest. It was a good like ten minutes you could have trimmed for that match, and it would had the same effect. It just had a like one of the better endings of the year. God, he when he bleeds, he gushes. He does. Well, he bled like, buckets in that match at No Mercy. Yeah, he's like he, he it's like really me. bled in that match. It's like my teenage bedroom, Jesus. 
realize that this is not the way Lesnar or Paul Heyman... It helps that he has, he's blonde, so, like, it really stands out. It's the same reason... It's the flair thing, yeah. I was just going to say, Hogan always looked good as well when he uh, bled. <laughs> Have you, did you see the blade job Kyle Kiyomaya did against his match with Nasawa? <laughs> no, I didn't. It was... Disgust. It was disgusting, but also was attached to a very piss poor match because it's Nasawa. Well, who was it that was it Eddie Guerrero who bladed and accidentally cut an artery? Yeah, that was Eddie. I think it was in the JBL match. It was. Jesus Christ, pissing everywhere. You know who can really bleed? Um. No, go on. Um. Vince. Oh, Vince, yeah. That match with Hogan is actually really quite good. Um, it's he, a very entertaining match. It's not a technically good match. Well, no, none of his matches are technically good. <laughs> Imagine if he was like just oh, like Zach Oh, fuck off! They have a doctor in the cell. This is hell in a cell, but we need someone to clean up the blood. Fuck! I'm surprised Lesnar didn't um, clock him. So what's your favourite Brock, Ma- Brock Lesnar match? Ooh. See, I, for me, there's only like five correct answers. Well, like there's, two, there's, there's the two very distinct eras of Brock Lesnar, isn't there? You mean 2002 and then 2012 onwards? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, what, yeah. What I mean by that is there's two, in my opinion... Okay, post-return. Post-return... His match with Cena at Extreme Rules is pretty good. That's, it's very good. The only problem with that is that... Cena, I think Cena No, that's not even my main problem, because it was basically a no-keyism, Rob. It was bollocks, is what it was. You debut a brand-new heel and then have him lose on his first... What, gonna, what would you rather have happened? Have Cena beat him or Triple H be his first loss? I'd rather, if you're going to debut okay, him, have Lesnar at, basically okay, have what happened at SummerSlam. Okay, but like, stop thinking that WWE worked logically. That was the two ways it was going to go. So, who would you rather beat Lesnar first, Cena Triple or Triple H? We would do far less damage. Any sheen that you have got on this brand new heel, this dominant heel that's well, come back. That. He's, he's just come fat. back from the UFC. He's- He's done grand, hasn't he? He's yeah, not he's exactly done fine. Hard, done that. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a, you know, one of I just think many the result ridiculous is ridiculous WWE think, booking decisions. I think the result is a bit of um, overstated. My one problem is for Cena one when they come out of nowhere, he didn't really have that climb. Um, that being said, it's still really good. Um, it is really for me, good. for me, it's between his Punk match, SummerSlam. Yeah, that was the other option I had. Brian match. Survivor Series, very, very good match. Or his AJ match. Uh, Survivor Series, yeah. yeah. Or maybe his Balor match. I know some people, I know like Joseph Monticelio thinks that's perfect. The one at the Royal Rumble? Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about that is because I wanted it just to go a little bit longer, and that's just for my personal enjoyment. But otherwise, yeah, it was a very, very good match. Fuck you, um, Right in the Turk and That's not a throat thing, why am I saying that? No, I was just going to say that's a stomach thing. When did The Undertaker start bleeding? Um, it happens when you reach 14. <laughs> no. Um, Seriously, I used to be so like enthralled by The Undertaker. Like, the image of him with a world title 
like the big gold is like one of my favorite images in wrestling before he opened his fucking mouth why that's why he always had a manager he was so much better with bearer yeah no but here's the thing I'm completely fine with wrestlers not completely adhering to Kate. Like, did you see that thing the other week where someone who wasn't MGF or Jericho posted a picture of MGF and Jericho discussing um, JDM Stampede? And, like, people went fucking mad over it going, we should keep Kate Fable alive. I'm like, as long as it's not, you're not breaking character on TV, I don't give a fuck. Like, if you genuinely care that much, don't follow wrestlers on social media, then not, um, um, unless it's their choice like MGF does they are not designed to be in character the whole time imagine how fucking exhausting that would be but like in Undertaker's case he should have just always not talked and like when he did talking heads someone probably should have went hey man you should probably take off that thin blue line t-shirt yeah like I, I, I was amazed when people were surprised because I watched that um, team and like no one once said oh he's wearing a thin blue line t-shirt like that didn't up all raise any red flags for anyone also he's a man in his 50s wearing leather pants Just oh, he's mumbling trying to, little... to himself. That's just what all that goes through Lesnar's head. <laughs> just his theme song. <laughs> yeah, it's just like right now, it's like. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you remember the. Um, have you heard the stories about why Undertaker doesn't like Cowboy Bob Orton? Uh, the hepatitis story. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, to be fair, if you were going to bleed, why wouldn't you disclose that? Yeah, I don't understand why he didn't disclose it either. Yeah, like, I get why he was there, because, you know, Randy's whole I'm a third-generation superstar thing it makes for a good heel thing. Fucking whatever. But... <laughs> but when, when is a good point to bring that up? But it's like, hey man, I might bleed. I ha- I super have hepatitis. I was I was a real slut back in the day. <laughs> that was really good near for. It was a real good near for. I love this for bloods in the sweat. No, they've just cleaned him. That's why. And uh, did Undertaker ever have a full beard? Or has he always been goatee? I don't think he's ever had a full-on beard now. No. Would that be weird? Homeless Undertaker, possibly. Homeless Undertaker. <laughs> you done it now. You went and forgot to pay Oh, my God. Those steps weigh 400, 400 pounds. I like how that, like, that was said once on commentary in 2011 and no one's ever let it go. No one has ever, ever let it go. It was a stupid it, thing to say. Wasn't it Booker T who said it too? So, I think it was, well, yeah. That's not even in the top 10 worst things he said on commentary. Like, the echo of those stairs there. Just run and smack down, I think, where Alicia Fox kept getting into different tag teams. 
and he was like, and oh, like he was with Nat- she was with Natalia, and they kept changing the name every week, something like that. And she's like, oh, what we call this week? Salt and cracked black pepper. <laughs> And it's like fucking hell, fucking chill. Booker T having zero chill. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the video? So like him and um, Nash did commentary for a bit. And, oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's this amazing moment where they did a run-in. Because there was a main event mafia thing, but they got microphones and commentated yes, running. Oh, Booker's gonna kick him. Booker's gonna kick him again. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I like, like, he's fucking weird. He's like, he's fucking in a different plane of dimension, Booker, as well. There's this. Um, there's a spell where he spoke with a Jamaican accent to try and get over how good at acting he was because he was in fucking Universal Studios. I would love him to be commentating on uh, WWE at the moment. Just because at least he offers something different. Yeah, I, I'd rather... Like, I don't care who commentates on WWE. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that land on his head. I'll tell you that. WWE main roster right now is two of my top ten matches of the year. Which is weird. Uh, I imagine one is Reigns Cesaro. Yeah, Reigns Cesaro and then Reigns, Brian, Edge. Edge, yeah. And then right, um, Reigns and Brian matches were on the precipice as well. But it's not like as, for a cherry picker like me, it's not been a bad year for main roster. And I, I'm pretty sure if you watch main roster every week because you don't like yourself or something, seek help. Um, you, it's dire because it's always dire. It's never not been dire. <laughs> few idiots in the 90s thought it was good and then we, we've been saying it's been iconic ever since Shades of Summer Slam have you ever seen my Summer Slam match? I have it's weird isn't it it it's is like weird just, it's just a normal match and then they're laughing at each other see don't wear leather pants because the water just stays on the leather pants <laughs> Why is he like? Has anyone ever looked cool in leather pants? Name one person who's looked cool in leather pants. Can't think of anyone in leather pants at the moment. You put me on the spot. <laughs> Ross from Friends. They're not coming. They're not, they're not coming off. They made a paste. <laughs> Ross come out and he's just holding. Okay. I'm gonna go. Ross was genuinely an awful person, but... They all were. They were all horrible people. Phoebe. Oh, yeah, apart from Phoebe, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, the worst thing Chandler did was, like, he was snarky and got drunk a few times. Slept with his mate's girlfriend. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Joey is a womanizer. Yep. Actually, Monica's not a bad person. She just clearly has a mental illness. Oh, yeah, massively. Um, so, yeah, other than that, Rachel sucks. Ross yeah. sucks. Who's the other one? Who am I guessing? No, you've said everyone. Uh, John Padma. Um... Paul Heyman yelling take him to Brock Lesnar in reference to The Undertaker is the sexiest thing 
Oh, chokes on the board. Oh, God. To be fair, I, no board spot really does it for me after I saw Kenny Omega eat shit off of a... Off of a oh, Phoenix spot. That, was that that All Japan match? Or was no, it DDT? The, no, that was AEW. Where was that? Oh, in yes, the, I know what you mean. Match. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. A match you seem to hate. I don't hate it. It just went on far too long. You're a New Japan, you're a New Japan fan for years, Robert. Why are there so many holes in the cage? Um, to sit. Okay, so there's two. <laughs> so there's two explanations. One for cameras stick through, but we don't really have cameras outside. But also, it's the we use the same cage and there for people to climb up. Yeah. Emerald explosion? No. That would be too cool. We've been shit talking this whole match, but it's actually not a bad. It's match. a re- it is a good match. The expression. It's not quite the Shawn Michaels expression, but it's still the expression. I feel like this would be better with better commentary. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it, Michael. We've found him Friday last battle. Have you ever so on the ECW One Night Stand DVD? There's um, they mic'd up JBL who was getting drunk in the stands. Amazing. And had that as a DVD extra. It's the best commentary JBL's ever done. <laughs> Lance Storm couldn't sell out an arena if they gave away free beer with free tickets. That's not his knees, it's just weird, isn't it? I'll tell you what, though, genuinely, these two have great chemistry. They do have good chemistry. And there's well, so I say oh, that, they have, this, help. They have this <laughs> one very good. They have this one very good match after one where Undertaker got knocked out and then the SummerSlam match, which is just weird, so. Jesus fucking hoofed him in the plums. Yeah, right in the fucking tidy boy jangles. The baby takers. <laughs> the baby makers. Oh, fucking hell. They really just base it around this one bit of exposure and it's over. And it's over. I do like the fact, though, that they base it around that little bit. Yeah, but a lot of the best no DQ matches are based around one small element. Yeah. Like, um, take um, Marishima and Danielson in the Ring of Honor, where we just based it around the chain. Yeah. We also have re- there's record stra- scratches in Lesnar's theme. We don't bring that up enough. No. I love the fact that he's just low-blowing him and he's now laughing. <laughs> How do you react when you put someone in the nuts? You giggle and run away. Yeah, exactly. He didn't run away, but was but was his shot coming, and he lost. I like how a lot of his feud is based on kicking each other in the balls. Yeah, a lot of it was plums. 
Yeah, it's like Undertaker going, I've never really had the opportunity to low blow people. <laughs> Plum based offense. Jesus, Les has got a fucking massive dent in his head, hasn't he? Okay. I, can't, I can't be after the Wyatt family running. No, the them. Wyatt family run in, take Undertaker, and it's built up to Survivor Series. Okay. Yeah, because it can be asked of you going, oh, they they booked Bray Wyatt into the ground. They did book Bray Wyatt into the ground. I don't you give know a they fuck. did. You I do. D- I don't give half a fuck. I don't give half an actual fuck. You do. You do I give don't. a fuck. You do. I don't. Gi- I don't. You do. No, you give a fuck and you project that onto me. It's just bullshit. That's what it is. Absolute horseshit. It's been five years. Get over it. I can't get over it, Chris. I can't. Goldberg. <laughs> oh, Gold. God. Oh, why? Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, Chris. It's great, John. Opinion. It's a good match. It, it there's not real really any da- moments of downtime. There's always they're always moving, which is interesting considering that Brock Lesnar doesn't enjoy moving and Undertaker can't move. Um, I think the low blows are a bit excessive. <laughs> like it's it's weird. To, like has the low blow as a basis for a feud ever worked? It's about fact for as men, it's probably the most recognisable pain. Oh yeah, it, it's the thing that halts all offense, no matter who you are. Yeah, like, um... <laughs> but like, we have only have a few that can be based around it. It's fucking Nakamura versus AJ, and that sucked. Oh god, that was dreadful. So <laughs> it wasn't bad as a one-time thing, but but then when they built the entire fucking feud around it, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, and AJ's probably happy about it. You don't want more children. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think this goes to show just what Lesnar can do when he's motivated. Um, we listed some great matches that he's had um, while we were watching that, but I think he's always had a really good chemistry with Undertaker, and that really showed through here, like I said, in the subtle nuances. You know, just that moment where Lesnar's on his knees looking up at The Undertaker, The Undertaker's expression where Lesnar kicks out of the tombstone on the exposed wood. It's great. Those near falls from The Undertaker, fantastic. Because, you know, this was before WrestleMania 34 and Reigns kicked out of six F5s. Never forget, he kicked out of six. Um, He's the big dog, Robert. The big dog! As uh, Ross Twiddell says. We, do we have to reference what culture? Do we really have to? Well, no, because if I was referencing what culture, it'd be King Ross. But the big dog, I said Ross Twiddell. It's technically called Are we really getting getting pedantic about fucking internet personalities? Yes, yes, I am. That is how fucking petty I am, Chris. I don't think you appreciate how petty I am. So you can't beat me when we debate wrestling, so we're going to content creators. That's what's happening here. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Um, What would you give this? Three and three quarter four. It's one of those matches that like are diminished when you're not in the moment. Yeah, I think if you're invested in the feud, it's going to have more gravitas, isn't it? Yeah, so three and three quarters, I think, is a good one. A I, good I, I gave it four, so we're around the same sort of area, aren't we? Um, still a really, really good match. Um, the best one they had together, do you reckon? I mean, yeah, but that's not a stiff competition. One of them, Undertaker, wrestled with a concussion. Yeah, literally had to go to hospital yes, straight after. Yeah. Uh, I hate video games. <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on then to our main event of the evening, which of course is Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk in the IWA King of the Death Match, an infamous death match. Um, the YouTube link that we've got 
Um, the person has synced it up with the extract of Foley's autobiography. Have a nice day, the audiobook of it. So uh, that's what you're going to be hearing in the commentary. Um, we don't listen to much of the commentary anyway, um, so it, it really irrelevant to us. Um, but anyway, seeing as you know, you're going to be listening to our lovely voices, it's going to be irrelevant to you anyway. However, if you follow the YouTube link in the podcast description, uh, Chris, are you ready? Yeah, I guess. Let's do this. Three, two, one, play. The Kawasaki Dream, which has become better known as the King of the Deathmatch Tournament, was held on August 18th. Oh, so it's literally just the audiobook. He's not, like, talking over it. It's literally just an excerpt It's the literally the audiobook. <laughs> That's going to be distracting. Is it, is it Foley? Yeah. yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and at the 10-minute mark, the ring was going to blow up. There you go. So at 10 minutes, the ring is going to blow up. Ooh. Oh, my God, the country music. Yes. Oh, it's getting funky. It is getting funky. So this is in Kawasaki Stadium. Yes. In Kawasaki, Japan. Fucking hell, we cut straight to the ring. Yeah, I think this is ripped off a of VHS. Yeah, you'd assume so, wouldn't you? Tiger Jeet Singh. Where do I know that name from? Tiger Jeet Singh. He was um, the big heel in New Japan for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I know what he is. Ah, okay. He was uh, feuding with Anoki. Everyone feuded with Anoki. Everyone did feud with Anoki, to be fair. Mohamed Ali feuded with Anoki. Leatherface was in this tournament. Um, Cactus Jack beat Terry Gordy in the first round. Yep. What's doing a one-day deathmatch tournament? How awful would that be? This isn't one day, is it? Yeah, this is over one... Oh, well, over look at the, the fucking level. state of Terry Funk. Yeah, Jesus. Funk on, um, Leatherface in the first round, and then Tiger Jeet Singh in the second. Tiger Jeet Singh doesn't strike me as a deathmatch wrestler. I mean, you need to... It's 9.95, he needs to make money somehow. Yeah, true. <laughs> plop. Plop. <laughs> They're good punches, buddy. They are. They're stiff punches. Terry he Funk already is, split his head open. It's interesting because um, both these guys are best known for like being good at working from underneath. Mm. So who's going to take the lead? Yeah, basically. Uh. Also, you know who? Also, there was an NWA title match on this. <laughs> <laughs> it was Dan Seven versus Tarzan Goto. I like how we can laugh about this today because both men are still alive. Yes. How Terry Funk is still alive, I'll never know. How old yeah. is he now? He's, uh, he must be late 70s, early 80s. Must be. It does not say on Cage Match. He began wrestling in 1965, but... Well, he's had about 50 in retirement ceremonies. He hasn't... Rob, he's wrestled before Revolver came out. Jesus. He wrestled before Pet Sounds came out. <laughs> Terry Funk lived to see pet sounds change the industry. So, Terry Funk was present at the summer of love. We fought outside and used the non-explosive boards. I even hit Terry with a half-used spool of barbed wire. He last wrestled in 2017. That doesn't surprise me, to be fair. I just, I can't, I mean, I've caught myself on barbed wire climbing over a fence before I thought I was dying. So, to be slammed on it or to be whipped into it, I, just, I can't imagine that. Yeah, 
To be fair, I, I guess if you have some control of how you fall into it. I am, yeah, I imagine there's got to be some manner of, you know, I don't want to say way of doing it, because I imagine it's painful no matter how you do it, but... I mean, you've seen the Sabu one, haven't you, where it literally cut his bicep out of his fucking arm. Yeah, he wrestled in New Japan in 2010. Who did Sabu? No, Funk. Uh, ugh, did he? Yeah, it was uh, Wrestle Kingdom 4. Who the Nakanishi fuck did he wrestle in at Wrestle Kingdom 4? Nakanishi, Chono, Choshu and Funk versus Abdullah the Butcher, um, Izuka, Ishii and Yano. Oh, that's, that tight. just sounds like the fucking worst. That must have been someone's retirement match. <laughs> I love the people are screaming just like, stop it. Ah, oh, there you go. There you, you know, go. You know what the semi-main of that was? Was Tagashi Segura versus Hiroki Goto. I imagine that. Goshi I imagine Zaki that was good. Tiger Mask versus Marafuji. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Goji Izaki. Nakamura versus Takayama. This card looks great. Nakanishi. Um, sorry, Nakamura Takayama. Yeah. Ooh. Wham. Wham. I'm honestly just checking to see if he's ever wrestled for an Okijino, to be honest. Uh-huh. But he had not. Ring of Honor, though. He's wrestled for Ring of Honor. Oh, fucking hell. There you go. Funk's on yes. fire. Funk is on fire. <laughs> don't get some water left from motherfucking bird. <laughs> we don't have enough Bloodhound gang references on this. <laughs> the funk, the funk, the <laughs> funk is on fire. It's a bit neat for us. <laughs> Saw them live and they were absolutely fucking disgusting. I imagine seeing them live is something that's either going to be the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. No, and it's like they, they were not good live. It was them. It was the Get Happy tour. So it was Bowling for Soup, Zebrahead, and oh Jesus, and Bloodhound Gang, and Zebrahead and Bowling. Zebrahead are one of my favourite bands ever. Um, Bowling for Soup. Bowling for Soup were fantastic. Um, it's actually the show that's recorded for their live DVD. Um, ah, so we might be able to find Robert Goodwin in the crowd. You can actually see me. There's a couple ah. of points you can see me. You can also see me in the Aerosmith DVD. You can see me in the front row of ICW Progress. WCPW. Like, we only get the event I've been filmed, Transmit, and Summer Sessions, and I'm never, I'm the only film people write up front for them, so. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in when Don Broco do the t-shirt song, the video for the t-shirt song, I am also there. Huh. Um, good, good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, shout out to Don Broco. They are amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, he's had bowling for soup for visionaries behind the song Alexa Bliss. Oh god, that is a fucking shit song. What can my girls be like? It's like they had a different idea for the song, but we realised we'd written in too many. Yeah, many <laughs> too many syllables. So we're like, instead of doing the natural thing of changing the lyrics, <laughs> you know, because we need the world needed blind. Why can't more girls be like Alexa Bliss? Of course, like quite it frankly, is. she's a she's a demon now. I don't want more people to be demons. <laughs> Keeping KV alive here on Bodmain. <laughs> I was victorious in my first match with Terry Gordy. 
even after suffering a power bomb on 10,000. There's not a lot to say here because we're kind of just doing shit. Yeah, oh my god. Was that on? What was that on? Gee, I've seen Foley's arm. Fucking hell. Yeah, to be fair, these, these two have had two other death matches tonight. I know, but it looks really deep. When I landed at JFK the next day, this, this, this would be post here, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, wasn't that 93? It, it was WCW, and Foley wasn't wrestling for WCW in 95. Yes. Oh, yeah, because he'd be in WWE next year when he debuted 96. He was in ECW at the moment, I think. Well, I think it'll be ECW like a bit after this, then. Yeah. Um, yeah, he debuted in the. Fed, I think, either the day after In Your House or the day after Mania 12, and I can't remember what it was. I think it's the day after Mania. That seems like a post-Mania thing. It does, yeah. It does, yeah. Though there is the famous story where he was under the ring um, for one show because um, they told him he was going to debut, and then they just didn't... He didn't debut, so he was under the ring for an entire two hours with, for no reason. Okay, but how was he going to know he had to debut? He apparently had a little monitor underneath. Bruce, Bruce Pritchard tells a story, and it's great. So we, that, that's so mean. Poor Foley. How is Foley, like, so nice? Is that a brick? Cinderblock, yeah. That's an actual brick, too. It didn't break. No. <laughs> yeah, he just picked brick so he found I can recommended iCarly clips on YouTube. Why am I getting recommended iCarly clips? iCarly. <laughs> to be fair, I used to watch that as a kid. Yeah, it's different watching it when you were a kid than when you're 27. I, I'm, one, I'm not 27. How old are you? Sorry, fuck off, Chris. What? You asked me how old I was and I told you how old I am. Yeah, you don't have to rub it in though, do you, you fucking prick? I didn't rub it in. <laughs> You haven't taken turning 30 very well, have you? Oh, that felt 30 since I was 15, mate. And although I hadn't made nearly as much money as I had with the big company, I had actually saved more of it. I didn't need anybody, and I could make my own schedule, and I loved it. Well, there you go. Foley's just said he was making his own schedule, so he definitely wasn't with any of the big companies. Figure four in a death match. I mean, like, do you think death matches are just all big spots? Yes, that's a hundred percent what I think they are. Wait, you need to watch more death matches. I really don't. I thought that got oh, they're interference, really? Who the hell is this guy? Like Riley Sink. Is that is that a samurai sword? No, I think that's just a club. I don't oh, think okay. he's I I think I don't think he'd have a head about the samurai sword. I think that's kind Well of that's the point. what I was thinking, yeah. Oh, it is Tiger Al. Not Tiger Ali Singh, Tiger G Singh, is it? Yeah, Tiger Ali Singh's the guy from 3D Breath, isn't it? That's what I thought. Oof. Jesus. I just want to see the fucking ring explode. Oh, oh, oh. I hate watching people peel themselves off barbed wire. That's so grim. Should I show you a glass match? Nah, you're right, mate. Finally, when the announcer started his Tam did deathmatches. Tam did do deathmatches, and I feel really weird about that, just because she's, you know, the whole cutest in the universe thing. Oh. 
Terry tried to stand but fell back. Five, one, two, no. Oh, here we go. And yes, they do count in English in Japan. I don't know why. No matter what happens, how long it took, I was going to have Terry kicked out of my country. They count in English in Japan. I don't know why. Oh, no. Why'd you cut away from the rink? What the fuck? I think the pyro went wrong. Terry just stood up with his arms out to the side as if to say, hey, it's not my fault. Well, that was shit. Yeah, look at Funk. Funk is furious, isn't he? I need to show you Onita versus Oh, no, hang on. It hasn't finished yet. He lifted me slowly in the air and then dropped me backward into the main explosive board. He is, he is literally a Sorry, listening to Foley's commentary is great. <laughs> the sound effects are doing baboom. Seriously, I need to. I'm, I am adding a match. I think I know why I'm adding for my next match. Actually, was one of mine picked? No, we weren't. Son of a bitch. No, both these were mine. Dick. But they're both good matches, so only good matches are going on. Yeah, but I want to show you Anita, um, Onita versus Terry Funk. It's fun. You know that bit that Eddie Kingston did and it didn't land properly because the ring was shit? Yeah, yeah. That, but it worked. <laughs> it's amazing. We have a ladder. Because that's what we need in this deathmatch that's had explosions and barbed wire. We need a ladder. Yeah, obviously. Oh my god. Jesus. <laughs> Suplex the ladder. <laughs> what are you going to do? Suplex punk? That's true. The man is dying. Look at the fucking state of him. Man, I've been dying since 1965. Seriously, Funk, just that. stay down, mate. He has been wrestling. Well, he's been wrestling 1965. Doug Gilbert and Rene Golet. Gross. They sound, they sound like pricks. I ascended to the fifth step, about six feet in the air. Killer Khan knocks. The blood was really tired. Has Foley ever wrestled Jesus. for Jesus. Oh my God, look at Foley's face. Oh my. Jesus. I stepped in the ladder and got the perfect elbow on Terry. He is crimson masked. Oh my God. Terry was really hurting now. It's all right, Rob. Just five more minutes and we can watch the show. I tried to talk to him, but his mumbling was incoherent. This must just drag a bit, doesn't it? It does a little bit, but... The listening to Foley's commentary is actually really interesting. Hearing his insights into like the fact that Terry Funk is proper struggling at this point. Oh my god. No. You picked this man. No. Disagree. Absolutely would not want to take that. So, bad news. Uh, um, Foley has not wrestled for the Anoki Genome Federation. I could have told you that. Or One, PCW. Two, three. Th that was definitely three, Funk. <laughs> that was 100%. There we go. There we go. And that was. And that's that. Um, Chris. What do you think I of that? 
I think Wrath of Match very much bolstered by people who haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, the legendary Foley death matches in Japan. I know I've what you mean. Have that and it's just a bit shit in it. Uh, I don't know. I need to show you the actual Anita, like the Anita Terry Funk match, because that's actually the good one. This isn't bad. It. The unfortunate thing is that they were scuppered by the ending that was supposed, you know, the whole ring exploding by the fact that it was a wet fart. Uh, pardon me. And you're right, this, this match has been built up by so many people as this horrendously violent match. And it is awful at times. I mean, you ought to see the state of Foley's face by the end. But it's not, it's not grotesque. You know, you look at some of the shit that, I'm, obviously, I... I don't particularly condone people going through fucking sheets of glass and shit. Um, and, you know, the, the explosions, like fucking hell, in the face of Foley was just bleh. But It would it be did. better if it was a light tube. Yeah, stop saying the word light tube to try and get it over. Light tube. Um, yeah, it, it did meander a bit towards the end. I feel like they were just sort of running out of ideas towards the end. Um <sighs> What would you give it, Chris? Two and three quiet. Like, there's a lot of good stuff in it, but it's not good. Yeah, I, I gave it three. It started off as three and a half, then went down to three and a quarter, and now I'm thinking three. Um, Just, I'm giving it three, and I know this is a really potentially stupid thing to do, but I'm, I'm giving it three simply because of the amount of torture they put themselves through. I mean, that spot where they fell off the ladder... Onto the barbed wire? Absolutely fucking not. The mask that Foley's sporting, the huge gash in his fucking arm, the fact that Terry Funk is knocked basically completely completely loopy. Um, you know, they both deserve credit. And for doing a one-day deathmatch tournament? Nah, you're all right, mate. Absolutely not. However, um, that is the end of our podcast today thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it go and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts uh, go and check out the website www.podmania.co.uk where you can check out all of our archive podcast episodes from our many podcasts as well as our match ratings for matches like the two we've watched tonight um you can check out uh, us on twitter at Podmania on Facebook, Podmania Podcasts. If you want, you can buy us a coffee on Coffee. The link is in the podcast description. Uh, you can talk to me on Twitter at, at RealRobGoodwin. Chris, where can they find you? Um, in the corner selling drugs. Okay. That, sure. Sure. Um, and we'll see you guys, same time, same place, next week. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans.